but being really passionate about what you do is the most important thing. Because if you're not passionate about it, your energy, it's almost like it's a, <laughs> it's like a very non-fuel efficient car. If you're not passionate about it, you're getting eight miles to the gallon and you're gonna go straight to the gas tank super fast versus oh, like having a, having a Prius, right? You're like, ah, this is easy, 50 miles to the gallon, baby. In this episode, we're talking with Preston Arsman, better known as Preston Plays. Preston started creating fan-worthy content just at the age of 14, and he's become one of the most popular faces on YouTube. His high energy and incredible gaming skills has made him one of the hottest influencers in Minecraft and Fortnite. Preston has grown four YouTube channels with a combined 19 million subscribers and 300 million video views per this is creative disruption the intersection where entertainment data and creativity meet here's your host ricky ray butler and daryl leaves welcome back to the creative disruption podcast where we talk about everything that's disrupting the industry and I'm joined by my friend ricky ray butler how you doing ricky i'm doing great how are you doing doing really good now in the news, we always talk about something in the news. Sure. They just had the World Cup for Fortnite. And right. a 13 year old went walking away with $3 million. What do you think about that? I think that's amazing. <laughs> Hold on, guys. He was 16. <laughs> 16. I'm just going to interject here. He's a 16 year old. He was 16. 13. We have another, 13. We have another, That'd be really another, impressive, though. Wow. <laughs> Here we, we go. We have another guest interrupting our banter. I actually like that though. <laughs> this is more relevant here. We're talking about video games here. Okay. I got your back, guys. Okay, I know. I was well, just keeping up with the World Cup. Everyone's talking about the three million, but if they really paid attention to the event, they realized that was a small fraction. It, of it, the cost. it drop drop in the bucket. I mean, like I I can't even imagine how much money they spent on that thing. How many people? Do you think there was like twenty thousand people? There were so were many people at the stadium, and like I participated in both of the pro ams. So not the one that was actually in New York this time around, but the first pro am in twenty eighteen, and then the other pro am in twenty nineteen that was in California. And I played in the same stadium as these guys, and it is insane. There's like smoke machines. There's twenty <laughs> employees. Yeah. Yeah, there's 20 employees just sitting behind you while you're playing who are just watching you. <laughs> and then you have photographers like all over you and it's like, I'm in 50th place, why are you snapping photos of me? It's crazy and you're in the center and you just look out and you see everybody. And I didn't realize that they had like GoPros on everybody so I was over here just no, you my <laughs> yeah, and they just played on the giant screen. That's and then awesome. I had my friend, my, my YouTuber friend text me. He's like, yo, you know you're on the screen, right? The nose, oh, right? I'm like, oh man, they saw me get some gold there. <laughs> That's great. Well, Ricky, That's why awesome. don't you introduce our guest? Okay, there yeah, we go. Yeah, like, yeah. People are like, who's this guy? Even though they <laughs> so, saw the title. So, we're, very, <laughs> we're very lucky to have Preston plays with us. Um, Preston and I, we've worked together for a long time. I don't, it's been a long time. I don't know exactly how many how many years, but I think was it 2014? Is that when we did our first? Possibly, possibly. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, I think back then we did a lot of stuff with like Disney Channel, and then we worked a lot of video games together since. But Preston is one of those guys that his optimism and his charisma is just very contagious. He's always smiling, always looking at life in a very positive way, yeah. but is seriously one of the easiest people to work with. Well, now being a father, this is this is what I do, yeah. is my, my kids love gamers, they love games, they like getting involved. And I always have to make sure, okay, are they family friendly a little bit? And you have to watch some stuff. I'm like, you cannot watch this creator because like some of them are very foul mouthed and saying things and doing things that I don't think is appropriate for like a you know 13 year old or a 14 year old to see. And so I'm like, okay, take a step back. But your content, like you, you are known in the industry of being like the Disney type of content, family friendly of, of uh, content for gamers. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, a, a real big thing of it like stems from my faith, of course. Like I'm really not shy about that. I mention mm -hmm. it all the time, how God's my number one. But also like I have a lot of younger siblings. I have six siblings in total, three are younger. Oh wow. And I, and I always felt like the oldest, I'll be honest, as my older brother is working upstairs right now. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't hear me. Uh, but you know, I always like, Growing up, I really just loved working with kids. And anytime I could get involved working with kids or they're at like church camps or anything like that, I just had fun. Like I was a lifeguard yeah. and like some of the most fun things was just like, you know, seeing the kids hang out, they need something like a floaty or like they just want somebody to chat to. And like, they're sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm also sitting here for a very long time. So I guess let's just chat and strike up a conversation. I think a lot of creators though, don't understand the responsibility with where they're at right now with YouTube because it's so important because 
nobody, I don't say nobody, but a lot of kids these days, they're not looking up to like their favorite athletes or their favorite celebrity actor, right? They're looking up to their favorite YouTuber. That's right. And YouTubers should really carry that weight because you know, you're know you constantly influencing this generation, whether it's positive or negative. And something as simple as like a negative tweet or a negative Instagram, I mean like, it, Anything and everything, right? And kids are so good at seeing between the lines. Oh, they are. They know if you're like BSing your content or like you're just not having a good day, they'll be able to see that. And they just see right through it. But I think it's just a big responsibility. You know what? No, I, I think you're 100% right. And, and you know, and that's just with kids, but I mean, just across the board, like I went to a, an event recently and I saw that, you know, hip hop artists and athletes, like, you know, people from the NFL and NBA were obsessed with like gamers, like, 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 <laughs> press, like trying to do selfies, like, cause they grew up, you have to remember these athletes and these musicians right. are young and, and they grew up watching like YouTube content and, and like, you know, there's been a, a good paradigm shift there, but, but going back to, you know, like being family friendly, there's a lot of reasons why that is smart. And I, th I think that it's one of the reasons why you're as influential as you are. Like if you go to, you know, a group of kids and I actually just did it yesterday. I was, I was, I was, um, um, in a, in, in my, um, um, hotel lobby and, and there's a group of kids there and I was talking to their parents and then I asked like, okay, who, who are, who are the people that you, you, you follow and you watch, you know, that, that do gaming. And they said, Ninja and Preston plays, <laughs> and, and that's seriously now. That, no, and that's seriously no, 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 no. Let me no, finish. No, no. Let's, let's have a conversation with. Well, I know both of them. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your cell phone. That's what my dad will do. My dad will do that. Let me, let me show you my text messages with Preston. <laughs> <laughs> my dad does that too. He'll be in the elevator and he's like, "Do you guys know Preston?" And they go. And then he goes, yeah, I'm his dad. <laughs> <laughs> he always does it. He's, he's got awesome. the clout. I love it. Well, well no, but it's, it's one of those things where you know. I think one of the one of the reasons why you've been very successful, not just you know in building an audience, but also working with a lot of brands, is that you're very safe. You know, parents are going to trust their kids watching your content, and brands are going to trust doing projects with you because they know there isn't anything scandalous or anything you know hiding, and 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 or you're not going to do anything unpredictable or or impulsive that's not good for a brand. Well, we've been pretty consistent for like the last seven years, yeah. somewhere along those lines. It's been a long time mm -hmm. of consistency, and then also we have a lot of skin in the game too, right? Like, I mean, we have 25 employees, somewhere around that, and you know, there's a lot of people over here that we're trying to make sure they keep their yeah. paychecks rolling, and most of the time they have a lot of kids as well. Like my older brother, who's our logistics coordinator, has two kids. Our head of production has two kids and they're both, you know, they're not even 30 yet, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it's really nice because they get to also like help approve the content and the scripts and the writing and making sure every piece of it, like yesterday we did a extreme would you rather challenge. And we made sure when we did the paintball bit that, you know, put your goggles on, barrel socks on, <laughs> safety first, don't try this at home, right? Okay. That's, awesome. That's a real big important thing to us. So it's nice having like very family based people around us that work at the office. So let's take a step back because there are people in the industry that really don't know how big the gaming industry is. They think, oh, you know, movies and television and gaming literally dwarfs the money and the, oh, the eyeball sure. dwarfs that other side. And, you know, being in the industry as a content creator for well over seven years and, and getting involved with it. When was the aha moment for your, your mom and dad? Like, like, cause, cause like really growing up, they're like, oh, this is not going to go anywhere. What are you doing? And they, when they actually says, oh my goodness, this is going to be his life. So the good thing is my parents were also entrepreneurs. And so my mom was working in investment real estate and that was awesome, right? And then my dad was selling pre-need once he retired from the military. He was in the Air Force for 28 years. Oh, wow. So yeah, he served a super long time and I graduated early at 16. So I had a nice little gap here. So my parents were like, sure, go ahead and try this whole YouTube thing. But at the same time, you need to get a consistent job while you're at it. And I was like, okay, fine. I was like, and well, you were 16. I was 16. I was like, <laughs> well, I'll go get a job. And then also if this doesn't pan out, I guess I'll go to med school. <laughs> Very two different, uh, two different realms, but I always loved video games and was passionate about it. So I started streaming on Twitch and then started gaining a small audience, three viewers, five viewers. I remember getting my wisdom teeth removed and I was like extremely high on the drugs or the oh. laughing gas they gave me. And I was still straight like this, I could barely talk. And it was still like the, my favorite thing, even with five people watching. Right. And then I tried to use Twitch as like a catalyst to kind of build up the YouTube channel. But I think whenever my parents saw that I got $300 a month in donations from Twitch, and then I could like upgrade our internet 
because that was like a real big motivation for me. I was like, I can only stream where it looks like potato quality. Please donate so we can <laughs> have better internet quality. When I got my first Machinima Respawn contract, it was November of 2011. And I was praying to God so hard. I was like, please, if this is the path, let it happen. If not, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever else you want me to. But if this is the path, hit me with that. And Shore Wars slid into my YouTube DMs with a Machinima Respawn contract. And that was like the moment they were like, okay, I think this is it. And then they started letting me post like a piece of content on their channel once a week. And then I got like their earnings from that. And then plus like back then on YouTube, man, you could post a video on somebody's channel and you would get like 10K subs. Yep. And that was like tremendous yep. back then. 10,000 subscribers was like, okay, right. you're like a celebrity at this point. Which is, which is crazy. So like you had very supportive parents and, and also they have business principles that kind of help you set up the foundation of being a business. Cause like a lot of content creators that come into it, they get a whole bunch of following and then the views drop and then they go back to McDonald's to flip burgers. And there's nothing wrong with that, but ultimately you're building an empire here. You have 25 plus employees and you have multiple streams of income. And I want to talk about one because I think this one, I think a lot of people are not really understanding and it has to do with Minecraft servers. Um, you, you actually own some Minecraft servers, right? Yeah. So I have a business partner who actually lives in Canada and we started our Minecraft YouTube channels. Well, it used to be Minecraft. Now it's real life live action content, but we started our channels around the same time. And then, so that like allowed us to bond and really like film content together. And then we were just like, this Minecraft server thing is really cool. And he's extremely creative and I'm a little bit in the middle. I like the analytics, but I also like the creativity, the creative side, but he's like, all creative, like two months of work, then sometimes two months off type of guy. <laughs> but he's so good at what he does. And so we partnered up and created our first Minecraft server. And a Minecraft server, it's like almost like a mobile app game, but within Minecraft, if that makes sense. It's a game within a game. So players can join, they can play for free, they don't have to purchase anything, but of course, if they wanted to spend money, they can get things quicker, um, or even like cosmetic-based items, and sometimes, you know, just getting items more quickly is obviously, like, if you don't have the time, and you're like, I don't really want to grind. want to level up. Yeah, I want to level up. Like, I don't want to grind three days for this. I could just pay five bucks, and I could get it like that. Uh, so that's like... One of, our, one of our biggest projects, actually. And so it started off with one, and it's called Cosmic PvP. Stands for player versus player. And it's all space-themed. It's yeah, really it. cool. Oh, and then awesome. we branched off into a prisons-based server. It's where players mine ores, and they're in prison, and they upgrade their prison cells. And it's really <laughs> cool. And there's, like, guards. And if you're mining next to a guard and a player tries to attack you, these guards will, like, kill you. And <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Is, is it as lucrative as it was, like, five years ago? I would say because now- I know there's a period where people are making hundreds of thousands a month off of the servers. It is very lucrative. And especially when you build a really good team, like our team over there is phenomenal. We have like the best community manager, some of the best developers out there, amazing admins who really actually care about the kids on a personal level. And like they'll come and team speak and just want to chat. And like, there's always people in there to talk to. So now it's also become like a community. Some of the people we've actually met that were our junior staff members end up becoming like really good friends and actually lived with me for like a year. That's really <laughs> and cool. we filmed content together. So it's, uh, it's still very lucrative. And especially now with Minecraft making such a resurgence, everybody's on it. YouTubers from Slogo Man to Jelly to PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Yep. Every single person is getting back into Minecraft. And it's so funny because I was in it during its hype period in 2013, oh, yeah. the drought in 2016 and 17, and now like the resurgence period. And, and why do you think it's resurging right now? Like what, what, what are you thinking about that? Man, I think it has something to do with Fortnite. Fortnite's still an incredible game and they executed on creative really well. I was there in November when they were trying to launch it and they were trying to get all the feedback from YouTubers, especially YouTubers who played a lot of Minecraft. And they did a really good job on it. I think it's just still, it's in that, uh, it's in that infancy stage but it's like growing really fast, but is, there's still just not enough sandbox content to really grow as fast as well, possible. I have my theories. I have my theories on this. And it's like it, you're taking a level of creativity to the next level, which was empowering people to create. And when they're able to create their own universe, their own you know, place, that gives some satisfaction to, to the, the end user. Right. And then when you amplify it, when you take a creator like yourself pushing, you know, oh, you can get this, this, and this, this on this server, then they're like, oh, this is really cool. And so you have a lot of engagement from there. But well, it's the, really interesting. The creating experience, I mean, just doesn't compare. Like Fortnite's it, great. It's a very popular no, it's game. Not even the same. But if you like, you know, building in Fortnite, yeah. you're going to like Minecraft probably 10 times more because there's so much more you can do. Absolutely. And, and I, I have a theory that. 
you know, the future architects are going to be the Minecraft enthusiasts. And we're going to see. <laughs> I wouldn't gonna, be surprised. We're, we're going to see amazing. some amazing architecture in the next, like, you know, 10 to 20 years. But, but this is but something, they're gonna be all blocks, this so. is what people don't realize. And I would say, you know, brands probably you know, don't realize this, especially is, you know, how huge Minecraft is. Yes, there, there, there was, you know, a drought. But it was still bigger than Fortnite, yeah. and it still had a bigger brand than Fortnite. And the fact that it's seeing a resurgence today, I mean, I mean, it just shows you how high quality of a game it really was. I mean, it truly did change gaming more than any other game in a lot of different ways. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I think it's interesting, but there is uh, money in all aspects of gaming, and you were able to kind of carve out that that portion of having your own servers and the, the amount of money that was exchanged through that. And then you actually just branched off, got more servers from there. And there's a huge opportunity. I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, he just gets in front of the camera and, you know, plays a game or you know, does this, that. I Like that's what you, you thought going into it. Come on now. Oh yeah. Well, when I first started YouTube, well, I saw this YouTuber called X Jaws and he was playing Call of Duty and I was like, I can do that. Let me <laughs> let me do this. And then I was like, okay, I can't get a subscriber. What's going on, guys? <laughs> I was like, how does he have 100,000 subscribers? I can't even get one. <laughs> and then well, I so saw your mom this, didn't even subscribe to you? Uh, no, not even my mom. She probably didn't even know how to watch YouTube at that point in time, to be honest. <laughs> so, Oh, so, so, okay. So you have your Minecraft servers, you have 25 employees. Is there anything right now that you're doing in your business that interests you? Like as a creative that you're like, Hey, this is something that I'm really excited about where our company's going or where you're going. And there's like a lot of really exciting things we're working on and, and some stuff I'm not sure if I can mention. One of the big things we're making is like, we're making our own slime brand. Oh, which really I think cool. will be really oh. fun. Uh, we do so many slime videos and it's so fun. And one of the really cool things about our content is even though it's like kid friendly, I'm just a kid on the inside. I'm 25, I look like I'm 18. Sometimes <laughs> I get younger. I was just on the airplane with Reed, my business manager. And they were like, are you going to be able to operate the exit row seat? And I was like, yes, I think I can manage. <laughs> is, is that okay with you, dad? <laughs> yeah, I just turned into like, dad, can I operate this? Okay, cool. But we love like all the content we do. It's just so much fun. And so I'm really excited about that project. We're working also with a really big Hollywood producer on something that I'm pretty excited for. And I can't mention it yet, but I think it's gonna be big. And it's gonna be something that's gonna be involving my little brother who's been kind of like grafted into the content. And that's something I should touch up on as well. I think a big edge we've had, not only on like, you know, I mentioned my faith and that's the biggest part of everything, but my family is, they're just so talented and way more talented than I am. And I married somebody more talented than me (laughs) and she's grown to a million and a half subscribers. And it took me like, five years to do that and it's taken her like six or seven oh, months that's so, amazing well if you look like her you probably grow a little bit quicker <laughs> I know I was always like man I wish I was just born a beautiful blonde woman <laughs> what, what content's performing the best right now so it's kind of a mixture of narrative and live action. Right. So we like it where there's like a little bit of scripting, but not too much. It's like the bones, right? right? We don't want the outline. We want the outline to be made for the talent, not the talent made for the outline of the video. So we try to balance that. And every video is different. Like the uh, video we did yesterday, Extreme Would You Rather, right? Eat five sardines or get shot by five paintballs, right? We're just extreme, so we're gonna choose the five paintballs because that's not only gonna make more content, our content better, but also we're gonna have way more fun. Exactly. But we don't know, but the production team knows what's in them. So we don't like to know that because if you know what it's gonna be, You're not gonna just, have the actual surprise. Right. It's not gonna be authentic. It's right. not gonna be authentic. And we're, we're really good actors. I mean, we can definitely make it work, but it's still way more fun and your energy levels are so much higher when you actually like don't know what's going to happen. And so if we're setting up prank videos, we're like, don't tell the talent, you know, keep this safe and secret. But it's this live action narrative mixture where Brianna hid inside of my house for 24 hours and I kind of knew something was going on, but I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> like I knew a YouTube video was happening but I still didn't know what happened. Yeah, I didn't know what video was happening. So I knew I needed to be like on camera and I'm pretty much like this off a camera. It's the same thing, except for I'm resting my voice. <laughs> but so I knew something was going down. So I was like, all right, well, let's just smile and have fun. And, uh, and she was hiding in my house in different locations and like the back of my trunk and all this crazy shenanigans. And those are really the content pieces we see that do really well. It's like if it involves my wife or my little brother, and usually it's like a challenge or us kind of like bantering with each other from my little brother pulling five pranks on my office while I'm out of town. And then I come back and then I get the reactions to all the pranks 
and like he dyed my pool green and red and, <laughs> you know, wrapped everything in my refrigerator with Christmas presents and just goofy stuff like that. I think people are really enjoying. So family content that's family friendly, but also including family members seems to be like what we're really striking with. When, when did it actually hit you that um, you started getting noticed in public and how did you respond to that? Like, I know that there's certain places in the world that you can't even go walking out because like, you get mobbed, but- Bounce like, houses. <laughs> in specific bounce houses. Have you ever thought of investing in your own bounce house? Apparently <laughs> I, I need to. Man, this supposed to happen probably in like 2016. The nice thing about being a gamer is we always started doing vlogs even while we were doing video games. And we had like our face cam in there, which was really nice. So I think we built up an online presence every now and again with the vlogs and thankfully the face cam was in there, but it wasn't that frequent. It was like every now and again. And it was just really cool because to me, like the kids and the audience are the reason we're here. So I'd love to get to spend time with them and take photos with them. But I would say within the last seven months when we switched over from the only Minecraft content to the live action content is really when it started to happen. And I feel like our audience actually got younger, probably between like four and eight. I mean, uh, you know, EA Play, we had a kid come in in a stroller. His dad brought him in a stroller. Say what? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, I mean, this is awesome, but like, I did not think about this. Not that young anyways. Um, but like we, Bree and I were getting our luggage off the carousel after landing back in. And there was like a wave of kids. It's like one starts and it's a domino effect because they go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait one second. <laughs> and then, and then the, the other kids are like, and then they're looking at their phones and like this. <laughs> I remember being at a Chick-fil-A and I saw this girl across and I just saw her with my Instagram scrolling and looking back at me. And I'm like, I don't really want to be that guy and come say hi, but I mean, I think she might want me to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really cool. I really like it. It's never a bummer to me, and it's just a blessing to get to meet them and get to like spend time with them and to really get to know your audience. Because I love asking them questions like, "What's your favorite piece of content? Do you like Brianna more than me? You do? Okay, no shocker. Uh, you know all these other really cool things that you wouldn't get to know unless you meet that fan or that viewer in real life. Yeah. What are, what's your plan to keep scaling your business to get even bigger? like in the next five years? That's a really good question. I think I'm capped out. I have five channels that I'm uploading on myself. And then my wife has two with a third one on the way. She's gonna branch into makeup, oh, wow. something she's passionate about. Well, we're gonna make it fun makeup, not just regular makeup challenges, which are fine, <laughs> but I think we're gonna try to make them really goofy and silly and kind of incorporate our live action content, but into makeup oh, at the same time. I think it'll be fun. I would love to train other talent. We have two talents up here in the office that are also very faith-based. And I started working with them four months ago and they had about 400,000 views a month on their channel. And now they're pulling about, I wanna say 15 million combined on their two wow. channels. Wow. They started off with Fortnite and then their Fortnite became a little bit of real life slash Fortnite mixture. And then they launched a second channel where it was mainly live action content and the filler content was them playing Fortnite on mobile. So from hiding in Preston's Tesla for 24 hours and beating a death run, or you know, we played a Fortnite death run in Preston's cardboard box house, stuff like that. And then their content, and then they started doing something like, recently they did Can Coke and Mentos push my car. And it did like 500,000 <laughs> views in a day. They have 40,000 subscribers and they're doing like, they're doing 10X on their views, it's crazy. So I would love to continuously try to raise maybe more talent like that. Um, and maybe like continue to, I don't know, take a very small portion and to build them up and to kind of mentor them. And I don't take so anything kind of from create these like guys. create like an incubator or like, yeah. a, like an investment group? That's really cool. I love that's, an incubator. I don't idea. know if you guys know Landon, my cousin. He's been successful. I started working with him when he was like 14 and he just has a real natural talent for YouTube. And now he's 19 and you know, he's been pulling up to 30 million views a month. And uh, yeah, so it's just really cool to see. So I'm, I'm hoping maybe my mentorship helped. <laughs> so I would oh, love sure to do that did. with more people. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Um, and, and I think the future is what the way that you're thinking is like, okay, how can we actually legitimize our business by having multiple streams of income, but also pushing creative? Because at the end of the day, you can only go so far. You know, you're, you're tapped out. You have five, five channels. You can't really uh, do too much. And it, the only thing you can do is take a step back and influence others and take a portion of that. So I see a lot of that happening in the future for sure. 
and you're always kind of just kind of pushing the envelope getting it you know to head the oh yeah well my, my voice gives out before my body <laughs> easily this week was rough we streamed friday saturday sunday and monday and then went back into a regular content so on an average day we'll do three to five videos and i might stream two to three hours mm -hmm. so it gets to a point where you're, you're like, <coughs> like i can't do any more guys <laughs> are you going to continue to invest you know on youtube and twitch or I mean, are there other platforms that you know might take more of your focus uh, I mean, for example, like, are you going to build out your production company and maybe, you know, get on Netflix or, or, oh, or other platforms like that? That's something that we're definitely interested in and building some shows, selling them right to Netflix, Hulu, whoever's really interested. It's something I would really love to do, especially like the kids section. Like I'd love to do something for Netflix kids. It's starting to they, happen a lot they more. Need more. Yeah. The, the, the oh, content's so bad. Netflix kids. Well, and I think they realize like, I mean, you guys know, like on Nickelodeon, you got like Ryan's show, right? Uh, they were actually just here at the office not too long ago. He's a big fan, and he was like the cutest kid ever. <laughs> um, but like, I'm pretty sure that's one of their most successful shows. I wouldn't be shocked. And I'm sure that more and more of these networks are going to realize like we should start scooping up YouTubers for our own originals and just you know get them on that platform. They already have a built-in audience. Where's the eyeballs going to go? Right, oh, it's exactly. Really, like, so that would be something that I'm interested in. And like on top of that, like I do a lot of real estate. That's something that's really interesting to me. We have VRBO properties and also executive leases that we do on some of our properties too. Very cool. Uh, so it's another way to diversify your income, especially in Texas. Exactly. We have great real estate, no state tax. Yeah. God's yeah. country, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice, but I would love to grow and scale and get to those points where we're working with much bigger distribution networks. That's so cool. No, the real estate here is awesome. Like I was, I was on my bird scooter last night going around in Dallas, Dallas. and like, I was like, well, <laughs> these houses are so huge and, 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 and they're affordable. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> amazing. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about data. Cause I mean, it, it sounds like you're really data driven on some of the decisions that you're making for your company. Like what, what is the most important data for you as a content creator and how do you actually use it to pivot? I would say watch time. That's our mm -hmm. biggest, because for us, at the end of the day, there's two things that we do with any decision we make in our company or our content. And the first one is this lining up with my faith-based morals. And then my second one is, is this going to empower kids? So that's a big thing for me because I don't want people to watch this piece of content and then they're just droopy-eyed or something's wrong with it. Now, it's funny if it's a little cute tearjerker moment. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we get from parents all the time is, you know, you really encouraged our kids. I love your personality and the positivity. And I don't want that to stop because we spoke about this. Responsibility is on my shoulders. And so that's a big thing. So watch time for us is usually a pretty good indicator of like, hey, are we doing a pretty good job at, you know, doing what we do best, which is keeping them entertained, but also staying positive throughout the video. It's a good metric for us to know. So, you know, we recently hired a creative, uh, a creative writer because it was getting too cumbersome to write the outlines and then also, you know, direct, produce and be the talent. And that's why we started to scale out. And so we noticed, you know, there's, it's a work in progress, but watch time started to come down a little bit. On average, we do 55 to 60%. Um, so like, yeah, we'll do a 25 minute video and the kids will watch it for 12 and a half minutes. That's our average, which is awesome. And so if we see like nine minutes, we're like, okay, hold on. This content- take a step back. Yeah, take a step back. <laughs> This content is clearly not what the audience wants to see. Um, maybe we've made some changes in there. So I really like watch time. And of course, like CTR is a huge thing because that's how you get a lot of suggested uh, views and a suggested eyeballs. And we've been working on that. I was really proud lately. We had a really cool thumbnail where we got 19.8% CTR. I think that's our highest. It was on my wow. wife's channel. Yeah. And that, so that's a, a big metric too. But I think watch time is the biggest thing when you're really passionate about connecting with your audience. Because you could have all the CTR in the world, but if your audience leaves you, it doesn't exactly. really matter. It's not gonna, not gonna be promoted And at it's all. more important for us to really encourage and to stick with our current audience and to build a new one slowly. I like the old turtle way of doing business, slow and steady wins the race over just exponential growth that you just can't keep 100%, and maintain. 100%, 100%. Well, that's an advantage also that, I mean, the fact that that's what you're passionate about of, of looking at the data, that's an advantage because I think every platform is now focusing on watch well, time. Well, the, the tools that you have now on YouTube, it, it's so extensive and I am so grateful for it because when you go in, you can start analyzing videos, you can group them up and you can start seeing when people actually drop off. You're like, why did they drop off? You can hit play and you can see it. You can see the absolute or the relative, uh, you know, score. I actually just found out about that the other day. Oh dear. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to it. But it's cool though, because you can yeah. see, okay, the, the relative is that all the pieces of content is 25 minutes long that's in the same niche. This is how you're competing against. Are you above uh, average, are you average, or are you below average? You can start seeing the peaks and the valleys of where that's at. 
Um, and taking that information, that can help any content creator be a little bit better. You know, it's helping so. us because we're noticing when people drop off, it's usually during something that Daryl says. It's usually some <laughs> kind of rant. There like, is some so truth to that. we have to tone it down quite a bit. There is some truth is to it really, that. No. Is it really you or is it me? It's actually you. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that because we're friends. <laughs> and then soon it's going to be me. Thankfully, I fit in with you guys really well. You guys no, are all so loud like me. So oh, we're so loud. It, it works. Anybody else, if you've ever filmed with like a content creator who's like more quiet, and then I hop in, they're like, man, Preston's so annoying. He's so dominating. Like, get him out of here. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Preston, we go into restaurants, and they're like, could you please guys go? outside your conversations too loud <laughs> <laughs> my dad's like that being there for 28 years he has no hearing you know oh, so sure. he'll be like hey preston <laughs> and my grandpa too same way <laughs> that's awesome so uh you're making some very big moves with data so you're hiring people and they're very sensitive to okay watch them what are we going to do what we're not going to do is there any big takeaways like how did you how did you go from making content on one channel to five. Cause I think a lot of content creators, they can't even handle one, one channel putting out content, but yet you're managing five different channels plus additional with your wife and brother and so on and so forth. So when we were doing content last summer, I was doing a video a day on four YouTube channels and it was like 28 pieces of content. One channel was doing 11 pieces and every single piece required me 100% of the video. Yeah. It was very difficult. So I didn't really see my wife the first three months we got married. I was just like, see ya. Yeah, call her honeymoon, but this is kind of honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> and we realized that was like really not only like not feasible for us to continue pursuing, but also we just noticed like our numbers, we were swallowing ourselves and it wasn't making sense. And like, that's how content used to be. I used to do four videos a day, three on my Minecraft channel and one on my Call of Duty channel back when it was Call of Duty and now it's Fortnite. And that was just like the way of the game. But now the way of the game is like a few times a week. So we decided to scale back to four videos a week on every channel, finally got some breathing room. And I was doing a lot of like the producing and the creative on it as well. That's still 20 videos on your channel. That's, that's it amazing. Was still a lot. Like, come on. And then so in some channels we were like, okay, let's go to three a week. But that's like our bare minimum is three a week. And then we swapped at the same time to real life content. And that was a mess. Cause it was like maybe one video a month, hated it, deleted it. You know what I mean? Like that, that process of like really learning how to adjust from being a Minecraft personality driven YouTuber to now like live action. Well, so I've never really realized that scale. Like, like, like how much content you're really pumping out. I mean, if you look at the fine bros who like pump out a lot of content, I think it's similar to the amount that you're doing and you have like a quarter of the employees that they have. That's amazing. But, but they're, they're That's doing, exhausting. But, but to give context to it, they're doing it on multiple platforms. It's just yeah. not YouTube. Like, like they're doing they're it on Facebook right, and everything. Snapchat and Instagram. And it, like they have so much more going on in that regard. And that's why the employees oh, say, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. producing the content. But still, the amount of content that you guys are producing, I mean, you, I mean, you have a small staff. We have a small staff. They're powerful. I yeah. love the, like, the mentality of like the really elite team members, you know? And the greatest thing about this environment that we've cultivated at the office is people are so passionate about their work and they love to come to work. And that was an environment I wanted to build because when I was a lifeguard, I loathed work, not because <laughs> of the work itself, but because of the people that were, you know, in charge of me. Right. They just didn't really care about us. They wouldn't, they weren't leaders, they were bosses. And like that was never fun to work with. And my older brother, who just started working two weeks ago, who has a lot of experience, um, he was a, uh, naval engineer and so has a lot of talents that's why I want him to be on my logistics team and he came and he was working for Chase and now he's just like honestly this is so fun like I look forward to every day we have a new shoot or two new shoots and there's so many fun pieces and puzzles that we get to do and so even having a smaller team but a team that's really motivated yeah. it's like having three in one yeah. how, how is that having family working for you because and I know you, you have a couple of different members of your family that work in your operation how is that I mean in my family, it would not go well. well <laughs> the, the, the doors would close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I get that asked so many times. It's because my mom is so smart and has kept me so grounded as well as my father. And my dad is just like, you know, super hard military man, but also the most easygoing country guy you'll ever meet. Yeah. And he loves like having an agenda and a lot of tasks that he has to do from handling all the company insurance and liability to maintaining the company cars or company properties. He loves that kind of stuff. And it's 
perfect. So it's like, all right, dad, you can handle all these boring operations that nobody really else wants to handle, but you love them. And you know, he has so much experience doing that from the military. My mom is just this brilliant, super blessed businesswoman who's a powerhouse and people fear her, even (laughs) myself. (laughs) So that's the secret right there. That is the secret. What's her position? Uh, I mean, honestly, she really acts as like the CEO. To be completely honest, I mean, uh, everything from, from legal to new business decisions to wisdom and counsel. And you know, there's a safety and a multitude of counselors. And she is that counselor. This should be a reality TV show. It, it should be. Okay, I can't, I can't say anything, but. Oh, shoot. Okay, we just, we just, we just, we just convince mom. We just gotta convince mom. She <laughs> likes go. being behind the camera. I like being in front of the camera, so. But really, mom has driven a lot of this. When we started getting really into the nitty gritty of the Minecraft stuff, 2014, you know, we had 40 contractors, all of this IP that we were technically supposed to own, no legal entity formed, no CPAs really in charge of it, and she's just like, what did I just come into? She's like, my son's gonna just be lost legally. And so she just kind of came in and I also told her, I was like, I really want a merch line. I don't want to legally have any problems. Can you solve all this for me? And she Please, just kind of- Yeah, she came in and was like, all right, all right, you know what I mean? Hold my Coca-Cola. I got this. And then came in and built the merch team from scratch and, and really just started pushing our company in the ways that we needed to. And also like, opening my eyes to expanding and scaling a company. Cause my eyes were just so worried about that, right? I was just like, oh no, we need to save money. And it's like, no, you need to reinvest your money into good people and give good jobs. And that's how you will also be able to grow. So, so hey, so I have a question for okay, you. So, so, who, he, he what, says what's he's not three? an alpha male right he now. He just slid in there. <laughs> you, hey, you're always the alpha. Let me be the alpha once in a while. All right. So I mean, what are the three creators um, that have inspired you the most? Oh, that's phenomenal. What a good question. Definitely, I mentioned him already. Yeah, just, just so you know, he's complimenting my questions twice now. You need to learn something. <laughs> that's yeah, a great on. question. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's a really good way for people to learn because people are always like, what's the first steps? And it's like, well, right. like before you learn the technical side of things, you really should learn how to be a creator. And it's not that it's really difficult, but it just takes a lot of practice. I don't really believe anybody's born with some kind of natural talent. Mm-hmm. I believe that people work hard and can be talented and do whatever they want to accomplish. Agreed. That's just how it is. And that's the lay of the land. So I was watching X Jaws to learn how to create content for his title and thumbnails. And this was way back when, and then I was watching a lot of Tobuscus because I love his positivity. And a lot of people, when I first started doing YouTube was like, you remind me of like a, a, a different kind of Tobuscus. And I was like, oh, I watch a lot of his videos. <laughs> and I was trying to learn because I loved his personality. And I thought, well, maybe if I can emulate just parts of it, like his charisma and like his silliness about how he's mining the cave and he does a little voice. He's like, oh man, this stone right here reminds me of that time I baked blueberries for my grandma. And you know, the kids are like, this is so absurd and I love it. And that's some of the people I was really in, looking at. In his up time, to. he saw breakthroughs that other creators weren't seeing. Oh, he, I mean, he, he was the first one to really so have a bunch of, of channels that were affect. I mean, that were growing, you know, I mean, I mean, and he was like the first, you know, a YouTuber multitasker for sure. He was. So there's a lot of influencers out there that that create content. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much effort goes into it. They say, oh, he's just playing video games or he does this little thing here, this little challenge. It doesn't go through the preparation of these huge productions. But what's your process to actually come up with an idea and then execute the craziness that actually happens and ensues on your five channels? We have two people who really work on the ideas other than myself, and it's our head of production, and his name's Trent, and then our head creative, which is Nick. And he actually had his own YouTube channel, which had over a million subscribers, but he didn't like being on the front end in front of the camera, so he's like, okay, I'll come work for you, and let's do this, and let's be a team. And I was like, awesome, perfect, because I'm tired of doing the back end stuff. Even though I love it, it's draining to do both at the same time. So anyways, they both kind of tag team it and usually will send to me for approval or I'll just find random ideas and then just like blast them. I mean, I saw this awesome YouTube channel, which I'm sure you guys know, it's like dope or nope, right? I saw them doing like these magic trick things and it's just like testing them on people at the office. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do five ways to prank your wife with magic. Right, and like I'm gonna pull some of these assets and resources and then pretty much I send that to the team and they'll start writing the outline, looking at the logistics, who do we need? We have two awesome production assistants or three now actually that have started working for us and they've really just started coming into their own. One's like a showrunner at this point and he banters behind the camera with us who are on the front of the camera. So it really just starts with like that one idea that we really wanna push forward and then it'll go to head of production and he's like, okay, this sucks or I love it. 
let's let's go down the chain. And then the creative is like, all right, we can make this work. I got to start filling in the bits of creative for our creative writer. And then the creative writer kind of adds more of the B story. So it's like when we were building a underwater Lego house for my wife's channel, the B story was the uh, people at the office are trying to keep me in and I had no idea why. Right, and so one of the things was I'm trying to leave the office and then all of a sudden they shove me back in and then on their side, they just add two layers of duct tape and I'm like, it's like a hundred pound thing on the other side, I can't get out. And then you just see the camera, it's just two lines of duct tape. So it's those kind of B story moments which are really funny and silly and that's what he does. And then the logistics of it all comes down to the logistical coordinator. So he makes sure that people are on the shoots at the right time and if we need anything and building the underwater Lego house had a lot of Nightmares, it took like oh, yeah. 10 hours to build because <laughs> yeah. the cement didn't work and we were trying to also not ruin our pool, but also really wanted to get a cool video out of it. And it all ended up working out. We needed to, we had to stack like stone bricks on top of the Legos <laughs> to get it to stay down. And then we added chains. So it looked like the Lego underwater dungeon. It so, was crazy. So that was a lot of work just before even turn on the camera before you even, you know, start producing Probably at stuff. least two and a half to three hours of just pre-planning. Cause you know, you're like, what are you gonna need? What cameras, you know, we have, 20 cameras here at the office, right? So many different mic packs and lenses and lights and other pieces of nonsense. And it's like, okay, what are we gonna need to accomplish this mission and so hopefully not need something else? Only two and else. a half hours. So, I mean, I, I'm sure there's showrunners out there that would see this content and be like, wow, that would have taken us like two weeks. I think it's something that you just, you, when you create a lot of content, you start to realize the gaps mm -hmm. very quickly and then you don't let that happen again. So you learn from experience and a lot of mistakes, right? Like when we got into real life videos, I was spending eight hours on a shoot and now like the max usually we spend is four hours yep. of me being there on the shoot. So it's gotten a lot better and a lot more efficient and we've done bigger projects and so accomplished them in less time. Just by learning like what we can avoid and what things are actually necessary versus which things are not really necessary. And then let's talk about the edit because I think um, a lot of people don't realize how much time goes into getting it to flow and have pacing. You, you mentioned a channel, Dope or Nope. Matthias has an amazing editor that they use and the pacing on that is just great. His retention is great, but yours is super high too. How much, how much do you actually screen that like with the editor? So I don't do any of that actually, which is really surprising. Maybe there's like one or two moments that I really wanted to crystallize, but our editor, our head editor, his name is Levi, and he is just a beast. He will work till the job is done because he just loves it so much. And to him, it's all about the quality, but how he just pieces together our footage, like we'll film a video and I'll be like, that was a seven out of 10 because maybe my energy was low or the idea just didn't work out as well as we wanted it to. And then to. he'd pull it together. And then he makes it into a solid nine out of 10. It's like, unreal the magic that this guy is capable of doing with no direction. And I think it's finding those people who are good at that. And we didn't think we could replicate that. We found somebody else. And in his test edits, we were like, we could upload this. <laughs> and he's just coming in for the interview. So we don't go over it with the editor too much because he's just, he's just so good. And sometimes it's fun to let them have that creative leeway. And that way they don't feel like they're forced to put anything in in specific because they can tell the story. We've built the rough story through the footage and then they just piece it together and make their do, magic Do they happen. get access to the data to say, hey, here's where oh, yeah. some drop off. Yeah, there and is. Like, uh, actually just saw him walking outside right behind us right now on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, they are managers on the channel and they have access to the data and they usually look at like the watch time and retention. Um, some of the editors more so than not. I mean, honestly, our head editor, he never looks at it and he's the one who pulls the best retention. It's it's crazy. He just knows and he and he'll he'll talk to us and I'm always like, hey, give us feedback sessions. Like that's one of our important things we do after filming a video feedback session. How did the logistics go? How was the shoot shot? You know, how are the edits? What did we miss? So always circling back with the team. That's a big thing of also. How much time that. do you take of that? Because there's not a lot of creators that do that. I can tell you, I've worked with a lot. And I would say probably like ten hours a week. For us, like, the biggest, most important thing is the team. And like, we don't like to see anybody above or below anybody else because that's not how a team functions. And the team has to be on the same page to accomplish the goal. Otherwise, the goal won't get accomplished. So even if a PA is confused as to why we're doing an underwater Lego house, I will provide them with the data. Here's why. Are you on the same page? Cool, now let's destroy this mission, right? And it's only whenever people are not on the same page that there is this weird kind of like creative energy that's ruining the shoot, or you can feel it. It's almost like a weight. And it's like, are you are you okay? Like, do, we need, do we need to talk about something? But when everybody's on the same page, you get shoots done like this. 
And it's something that I think people don't really think about. And it's like, explain the mission first. And I'll even have my guys break it down to me. Because if I'm on an idea or shooting a video, I just shot one and it's a prison escape video. I didn't do anything for that. So I was like, can you please brief me? So like I'm on the same page as everybody. And you know, and if, if I hated it, I'd be like, we're gonna rework some of this really quick. But I loved it. And I was like, I'm on the same page. Let's go. Wow, that's great. Um, you do a lot of work with brands. Um, what, what advice would you give to brands that want to get into gaming or work with creators like yourself? Well, I think the biggest thing they could do is if they're ever worried about who they're working with, just go to their Twitter or their Instagram. That's it. It's been five minutes and you could probably learn everything about that person that you want or don't want to know. <laughs> and then, you know, if you want to, you can go to their YouTube content, but usually people are more professional on their YouTube content, in my opinion, than they are on their social platforms. And the social platforms are just who they are. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. So just check out their social platforms. And then what I find to be really awesome is working with like so many different brands is when they give us more of the creative freedom and allow us to do what we do best. And usually they'll see a higher return uh, not only on like the engagement with the product that they're looking to sell or, you know, maybe the affiliate link they're looking to push, but they'll also see a higher watch time on the video. You know, our watch time is really high. So when we tell an advertiser like, hey guys, let us put this two to three minutes into the video and organically integrate it. And a lot of times they're like, they could be a little bit scared about that, you know? And then we'll show them like, but here's what we did with, ah oh man, was it uh, Spin Master, Bakugan. Right. We did like 7 million views on a what's in the box challenge, right? And I was like, let me put the Bakugans inside the box because we had live animals. We had a live animal trainer here. And uh, and so I'm like reaching inside. I'm like, you know, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, is that the brand new Bakugan set? <laughs> right? And like, it's to that point where like, they know it's an endorsement, but they love it because it was naturally organically integrated into the content piece that it fits so well. Like people don't mind watching it. They're not just like, okay, when do I skip ahead? And so when brands let us do that and let us be ourselves, it's awesome. Well, it's, it's a data-driven approach. It is. You know, it's I not mean, like we're just like, hey, just trust us. It's like, here's also data, but also trust us. Mm -hmm. We've done this a lot, but in right. case you don't, here's a lot of data as to why you should trust us. Yeah. What is your like secret to having a work-life balance? Because I know you work a lot, but you are very happy. And so I think you do make time to do other things. That's a really good question as well. <laughs> Usually <laughs> yeah, all the usually good questions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that like number five? I don't know. <laughs> you see, it's two. You see I'll, I'll, I'll train you later. Okay, we're, we're good. <laughs> He's had some good questions. <laughs> There's been nothing but good questions around. I love you guys. <laughs> the work-life balance is interesting because I think if you're passionate about what you do, Gary Vee speaks about this all the time, right? He's like no days off. And I, I, I do believe in the biblical standpoint of taking one day off that cool. Sabbath. Um, and that for me is like Friday night to Saturday night. And so it's like time for me to just chill, watch my anime, you know, play video games that I just wouldn't normally play maybe, and then spend time with my wife uh, or family members. And sometimes, you know, Sunday's like a half work day, half not work day, it depends on how like strenuous our load is for the week. But I feel like that keeps me super balanced and taking like a vacation once every three to six months. Take a week long vacation, you know, stockpile those videos and get them out of there. But being really passionate about what you do is the most important thing. Cause if you're not passionate about it, your energy, it's almost like it's a, it's like a very non-fuel efficient car. If you're not passionate about it, you're getting eight miles to the gallon and you're gonna go straight to the gas tank super fast versus oh, like having a, having a Prius, right? You're like, ah, this is easy, 50 miles to the gallon, baby. <laughs> I, I think if you wanted to be a motivational speaker, you would, you would I mean, you would shadow over Gary Vee. For <laughs> sure. That's, that's, that's a, no, that's that, a, that's a compliment. No, no, I, well, and this is the thing, like with your background and being very data-driven and building this like media empire, I, it's very impressive, but like, you, how you are able to present and like, you know, make those type of analogies. That's, that's, that's amazing. It's a big blessing. Yeah. It's uh, the whole, the whole production team we have here and everything. It's, it's just been such a, a miracle. Have you written a book yet? I haven't. That'd be fun though. I'm so bad at writing guys. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> where you get there's, a ghostwriter. There's a lot of creators that have written books and they haven't really written, them, written them. They have ghostwriters. You, you, ghost you got to do that. That would be fun. I am actually going to be in a, a small book piece. I can't remember the book, but he interviewed a lot of influential creators and just asked them like some really big questions for 10 minutes. And it was actually super fun. Really cool. Super, super fun. And I wish I could remember the name. It's driving me nuts now. <laughs> what is the name? 
Ricky. You, gotta Ricky, know you should you, know the you, name. Exactly. <laughs> you know everything. No. I think you I see, don't know the name. You do see a lot of creators burn out though lately, and it is like a system where you kind of have to cannibalize each mm -hmm. other to a certain extent. Well, the reason the reason why they burn out is is a couple things. You get creative burnout because you're just doing things over and over and over again. Like, you have, oh, to, innovate. This. You you have, have to, innovate. to innovate. You have to innovate and pivot. The and next thing is they don't learn to actually automate and bring people into support. Like I, I've gone through the, you know, well over a decade, you know, on YouTube and I see people come and go because they're not putting systems in place. Like if, if you go ahead and take three people away from your company, like you would stress out big time. You take one person, you probably stress a little bit, but like you take out some key components of it and you wouldn't be able to produce content that you're doing. A lot of these creators are like burning out because they're trying to be the director, the editor, the marketer, you know, doing their own brand deals and the, all the little integrations that they have to do from there. And it's just like, you can't, you got to treat this like a business. You got to step back. You got to know your place. And that's what's refreshing to hear from you. It's like, you know, you're not even the lead creative here. You know, you have other people creating and yet you know what's going to be good, but sometimes your idea is not going to be the one that goes because you have people that are actually And that's awesome because that at the end of the day, you want to train a team who can come up with better ideas than you can, right? Right. And you're maybe just the filter, but I've worked with YouTubers like that too. And I think what I wish more people would do is look at like how we get to create an awesome job market for people. And also we get to supply them with something fun. Right, like, and I'm not saying like other jobs aren't fun, but people who are passionate about like production, they will be really passionate about this because it's always changing and it's different and it's fresh. And you get to provide somebody with an awesome, stable income. And who knows, maybe they're a family man, they got kids, right? And if you're making 20, 30,000 on AdSense a month, you can afford an editor. You can afford maybe even a guy who's part-time, maybe even if he's a contractor, not an employee, it doesn't matter, but provide people with income and bless them and in return, you'll be blessed. Yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest advice that I'd have for anyone that's like in that decision, like should I hire someone or not, one of the biggest advice that I ever got from uh, you know, a mentor of mine was to write down everything that you that you do during a week called work week analytics. And you write down every little thing, how long the task took and so on and so forth. And at the end of the week, take two highlighters. One of the things that wasted your time, the other one, the things that you hated to do. Uh, and then it finds someone to do those two things, you know, whatever it is. And then it's a really it, good piece of advice. It, it really is. And then when you step back, you're only doing the things that you love to do and it doesn't waste your time, you know, and, and that's where you can really grow. Now, if that means that you really love and passionate about editing, well then do editing. Like if that's what you want to do. It's just like at the end of the day, you have to you have to wake up and be excited. Like when I wake up, sometimes I wake up super early and I'm excited because I'm like, I, I get to do what I love to do, you know, and I get to do it when I want to do it. And right now it's at 3.30 a.m., you know? Oh my but gosh, just like, are you one of those psychos? I am one of those psychos. No. It is so bad. When do you go to bed? Um, Like usually about midnight, like I usually about four hours, <laughs> four or five hours max. So, but it's good though. But, like but you're mind. doing a lot of stuff. I, mean, I, I do run five businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you have good focus with what you're doing. Daryl sometimes I think is spread way too thin. He's I, successful doing it, it but I, man, I, I don't I, know how you do it. Well, you have to put a team in place. I mean, that's the whole thing. If you have a team in place, and putting a team in place it, takes a lot of time. It does, but it's like this business that, that Ricky and I uh, we co-own. You know, it's been two years, and I'm still I don't have every team member in place yet. But once it does, then I can step back a little bit further and. It doesn't take so yeah, much of my time. I made it clear. I'll put money into it, but I'm stepping back. I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I'm more of a, like a very focused executive entrepreneur. Yeah, no, like, he, he definitely, he's yeah. like, if this money's going down, I need this, this, and this. I'm like, <laughs> not going to happen, bud. <laughs> <laughs> like, there ain't no guarantees here. Just give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good though. But um, what, what bit of advice? There's a lot of creators that are just getting into the space and you gave some really good advice in the sense of, hey, once you're starting making money on your AdSense, start looking to hire people. But what other than that, what's a really good bit of advice for someone like you that's just getting started right now? I think what you have to do is similar to the people who just started my office four months ago. They didn't have a lot of, uh, actually had, they started a brand new channel because they had one built off of Red Dead. And you know, that game was really tapped out when it came to content. Really right. good game, but you know, it's it's like being in a sink versus like at least a pond or yeah, you know, exactly. an ocean or something like that. And what I told them was work really hard on your first few pieces of content, put so much time into the creative and really plan out the video and then find those pieces 
and then put them into place. And so for this example, thankfully they had me and I was like, you're gonna build a creative narrative around hacking my Fortnite account while I'm out of town for the weekend. And I know not everybody's gonna have access to hacking my Fortnite account. At least I really hope not. That's right. <laughs> but they could collaborate with some maybe other YouTubers who are smaller or find some other niches that are really popping right now because I've seen them do the same exact thing without using me in the title. I've seen them find this really new popular trend in Fortnite four months ago, which was default death runs. And it exactly. was just, it was super popular and they striked while the iron was hot. And you know, the iron isn't hot anymore, but because it was hot, they were getting consistently 100,000 views a video with 2,000 subscribers. Right, and it was growing exponentially. So I think it's just really more so focusing on those big trends and what you can be doing that's a little bit different and authentic that will actually get searched and become relevant. And then like slowly and surely you have to watch your watch time and start working on that and your click-through rate. But at the beginning of the day, like your CTR is gonna be skewed, which is your click-through rate because you know you don't have a lot of impressions and then like your watch time will be kind of skewed too because they don't have any loyalty to you. But I think you really just have to put a lot of effort into those creative pieces because I've also seen YouTubers who have been doing it for four years who can't get that big break. But I think it's just because they're not putting enough time into the idea itself. I, I would 100% concur with that because it's like, hey, I'm putting up content. Yeah, you're spewing out content. But it's like, how is that content any different? Where's the value proposition on anything else that you're competing I'm with? I'm sure you talk with Jimmy about oh, this, but Mr. Beast, but he will scrape videos and we'll scrape videos. I used yep. to scrape so many videos, but it's so much better to not put out content than it is to put out content. Now, consistency is awesome, but also quality is better. And that's like one of the biggest things that people really should focus on. And, and you know, it's, and the ideas don't have to be like ridiculous. One of our biggest ideas that had 17 million views was using security cameras to cheat and hide and seek. They were 30 bucks each on Amazon. I bought four of them, but it was the idea. Hide and seek is popular. Now, how do I make it into my own idea? Yeah. Nobody's done security cameras. Let me mesh these two things. And security cameras, it's just very, it's very clickable, right? Somebody's going to want to see somebody use security cameras to cheat and hide and seek, especially kids. They're going to be like, how does he do this? Because can I do it? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you can. Just buy these on Amazon, right? And that was one of our biggest pieces when we switched to real life content that allowed us to like really propel and start building some, some you know, um, momentum. And that's the big thing. Because once you get that big break video, hopefully you have a couple ready because the momentum will continue. Wow, I am gonna show my daughter that video. It was right. so fun. I was mean. I told my little brother. Is hiding seek. I told my little brother I'd give him a thousand dollars if he won. There was no chance he was gonna win. <laughs> he was so pumped too. He hit it in the best hiding spot, and I just I had my phone and I was like, Yeah, there he is under the couch. <laughs> That's awesome. That was the best hiding spot. And so I kept baiting him. I waited till there was ten seconds left, and I was like, He's gonna win. And then I look on. Oh, there you are, Josh. <laughs> That's, That's so mean. <laughs> it's a little savage. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So, uh, in closing, and we really appreciate it for your time. I know. Oh, thank time, you so much for time, having me. Time is money for sure. Is there anything that interests you right now that is disrupting the industry that you're just really, really excited about? You know, I'm very interested to see how these streaming platforms are going to start ending up. I mean, you guys the, saw the big the thing, battle. Mixer Ninja, right? Exactly. Like just happened the other day. I mean, you got, now we have like Mixer, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, we got Twitch. Like, I feel like those are like the really big ones right now. And then uh, other people might emerge, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see where the content's going to be consumed most. And I think that is really fascinating. Cause you remember like five years ago when like daily motion was trying to get up there. Exactly. And, yeah. Some other like, you know, competing platforms with YouTube and they just didn't quite get there. But I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. And that's like really cool to see. And it's changing, especially like cloud gaming. Like gaming it just in itself is growing so much. And like people need to be super attentive to mobile gaming. Because yep. that's like, if I were to start a six channel, it would be a mobile gaming channel because there are so many brands to work with. And also I want to have- so many budgets. Uh, yes. And, 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 and it's fun. And yeah. the games, like people don't understand, but an iPhone X these days is basically just as powerful as a console. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And they're not realizing that. But it is. And so it's like this little piece right here can get you to anywhere in any game that you want. And you can play it at any time. You don't have to sit down at your TV to do it. You know, there, there's some places that people play games, Ricky, that should not play games. I'm not going to say that was you. <laughs> what? I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, there are a lot of I hear a, a flush. I'm like, do I? <laughs> whatever. Whatever, Daryl. So, <laughs> I love it how so, Eddie gets here. So, 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 that's not true. So, but with that said, 
you know, we, you know, you know, my companies, we worked with a lot of gaming companies and, and, and mobile gaming companies. And it was the mobile games, like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was hard to get creators to work with them because they didn't perform as, as well. But I think that's starting to shift. Well, well it's lot. accessible, right? Like, I mean, Daryl, you know, like our YouTube content's consumed by 70% exactly. of people yeah. on mobile. And the games are so good. Like, oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been playing uh, Fortnite and, and, and PUBG on my uh, iPad, and it's sick. And the games can actually better predict conversions. 100%. And create models yeah. around it. And, I mean, so we're, we're doing a game right, right now that's a mobile game, and everyone wants to work with it. Yeah. And, and, and like that has been a huge drastic change in the last, like, three years because – Back in the day when we used to, you know, go out and like, you know, try to get creators to work with, you know, mobile games, specifically gaming creators. Um, lifestyle creators were always happy with it. Um, you know, gamers were like, ah, I, I do PC. Yeah, I do, PC I do console. console. Yeah, yeah. PC yeah. console. But it's changing now. Yeah. Which is great. Well, I think also like people don't usually put a lot of effort into like branded content, and that's a big thing. I wish people would start doing more. Like we did a PUBG mobile deal. We've done like. We worked with them on mm -hmm. seven or eight videos now. Like they're awesome to work with. Cause I was like, all right, I'm gonna go win a game in my pool on my air mattress. And they were like, oh, we're super down. Right? <laughs> like, so, you know, you get that awesome thumbnail of me laying there with an iPad in my pool and winning a game with 20 kills. And it's like, people are like, this is so dope. Like you can't, I mean, you could bring your PC on there, but not a Wait, little dangerous. 20 kills? Yeah, little, oh, that's amazing. Weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I'm lucky if I get five. <laughs> it's or, so or good one. though. Yeah, well, no, really. With PUBG? Like, I mean, if you get, if you get one kill, you're okay. Okay. You know? That's me on Fortnite on mobile. <laughs> People are so good on I, I can't even build on a console or, you know, the gaming uh, PC, but even on mobile, I don't even know how you guys do it. I just, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Some of them are so it. talented. They can destroy PC players and yeah. it's hilarious to see. <laughs> it's so crazy. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and we really appreciate it. I really appreciate your energy and your focus and your connection with God. I mean, we're definitely mm. awesome. God-fearing people. Um, but also like, I really, really respect how you, um, you know, connect with your team. You know, a lot of creators that we talk to are, you know, all about them and you can tell it's a team environment here. So thank you so much for jumping of on. Of course. I mean, as you guys can see the Legos that are behind you, we've, we've been breaking <laughs> were, down and setting up. Were they up. in the pool though? Was these, the <laughs> these were not, we have about $7,000 worth of these Legos. The oh, Lego wow. sponsor us, please. We're tired of buying them on Amazon. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're all over the place, but thank you guys so much for having me. Seriously. It was such a blessing and so much fun. Yep. And thank right, you, Preston. <laughs> okay, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll just right. go now here. And thank you for watching he, this podcast. He always messes up the outro. Do you know, he always <laughs> does this. He always cuts me off. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe, whatever you're listening or watching this on, and we'll see you on the next video.